Hello, welcome to our show today. I'm Liz Myers, and today we're going to talk about three simple steps to eating healthier. And before we jump in and get started, I just need to put out a disclaimer that I said simple, that doesn't necessarily mean easy. So these are some uh, things that I've come up with for myself over the years, and I, I am still struggling to, to quite get the hang of it. And so that's part of what we're doing here is having accountability and joining together as a group so that we can um, do these things together, because it's hard to do all this alone. So these are, are simple things to remember, simple kind of, not really rules, but um, keys to live by. But um, it's not always easy to do. So we're going to jump in and go ahead and get started with what I have for you today. Maybe you can identify with some of these struggles that I've had. You're wanting to make healthier choices with food, but maybe you're not really sure where to start or you get confused over all the different opinions that are out there. Some people say only eat meat and some people say only eat plants and some people say avoid this or avoid that and it's all conflicting and you're like, who's right? I don't know. Uh, maybe you're not knowing which expert or which friend to follow. I have friends that swear by one you know, set of rules and others that say, no, no, that's all wrong. You got to go with this set of rules. And I don't know who's right. At the end of the day, I think everybody needs to do what's right for their own body. But how do I figure out what's right for me? And um, then I also have frustration over, well, I don't want to give up foods that I like. You know, I've tried to be plant-based, but I'm a carnivore and I like meat. <laughs> so um, maybe you can identify with some of those struggles. And that's those struggles that I've had is where this information has come out of in working through these issues in my own life. So I'm sharing them in hopes that that will help you too. Um, the content that I'm teaching on today is going to be a part of a course that I have coming up soon that's going to be online with uh, videos and worksheets and coaching and things like that. Um, so if that's something that you might be interested in, you can go to elizabethmyers.me slash bootcamp, all one word. It's the Resilience Bootcamp is the name of the course that I'm going to be um, developing. And so you can get on the wait list now if you're like, yeah, maybe interested in this. I want to learn more. Um, and then that way I can uh, contact you or email you when it comes out. And all of this information is based on my book, Undaunted in Darkness, Finding Your Path from Broken to Bold. And so um, you can get that on Amazon if you want. A lot of what I'm sharing today is in there, but I know not everybody likes to sit down and read a book. Sometimes you just rather listen to a video or, you know, read a shorter segment of it. So that's why I'm putting similar information into this format. So in the book, I go over the five roads to resilience. And if you think of who you are as a person, at the core of your being is your spirit. That's the part of you that connects with God. And outside of that, kind of in, in the next circle outside, is the um, what, what we call the soul. That's really your mind, will, and emotions. It's, and those kind of overlap. But it's what makes you you. It's the part of you that is who you are, what you think, what you feel, what motivates you, what your personality is like, all these different things. And some are you know, influenced by genetics, and some are influenced by experiences in life and choices that we make and all kinds of different things. And then the outer shell of all of that is your body. And that's why we live on earth. That's where all this stuff is contained, our spirit and our soul. And our, our bodies are temporary. They're, they don't last into eternity. Um, the Bible does say we'll get new bodies someday, which I think is cool. But um, 
the bodies that we have currently now are are running down. You know, they they don't last forever. They're not meant to. Um, so sometimes people say, well, you know, why why should I worry about the body so much? It's just physical. It's not. I think especially among like Western Christian circles, we kind of miss this one a lot. We kind of overlook this. You know, we we talk about our spirit and connection to God. We talk about our mental health. We talk about our emotional health. Uh, but I think sometimes we kind of overlook the physical health thing and ah, it's not as important because the physical part of me is not eternal. But what I've come to learn over the years is that our body is important because that's what keeps us tied to this earth. And that's what enables us to serve others and to serve God and to love people well. And when I uh, was going through times where I don't feel good or I'm unhealthy or I'm I'm not taking good care of myself, I don't feel well enough to serve other people in the love that God's given me to serve them. So I view physical fitness and strength and health as an opportunity to serve others. Um, I know there's a lot of reasons out there why, why people want to eat healthy or work out or get fit. And, you know, I've heard a lot of these as I've tried different things in my life. And sometimes it comes down to appearances, which really is kind of superficial. That's not really who we are. Um, or, you know, looking this way for an event or, you know, at the beach or whatever. And uh, that's just never been a, a big enough motivator for me. What motivates me is I want to feel strong and healthy and energetic so that I can do all the things that God's called me to do. And so that I can serve my family and enjoy being with them and doing things with them because I feel good. So that's kind of the mindset of where I approach um, health and fitness and um, so I kind of covered some of this already, but why why is building a strong body important? Like, why should we care? And really, I kind of boiled it down to three things. Number one is just to honor God and the gifts that he's given you in his body. Our lives on this earth are a precious gift. And part of the way that we honor that is by taking care of what he's given us and using it well. Another one is to support our loved ones, to be present for them. Like I mentioned, um, we want to take good care of ourselves so that we're around for them. And so that we can participate in life with them so that we're not um, feeling bad or sluggish or we don't have the energy or, you know, we can't do the things with them. When I first started um, working on health and fitness many years ago, um, I was I was kind of at a, a place where I was getting stronger physically and, you know, working out, taking care of myself. And we went skiing. This was when we lived in Idaho. And so I went skiing with my family. And that day I was able to go down my first like double black diamond with my sons and my husband. And that was so much fun. And I'm like, I would have missed out on that if I had not been building strength in my body. I wouldn't have had that opportunity to do that with them that day. I would have, I would have been like, well, I've got to go this other way because I can't keep up with you guys. So, and I'm not at that point now, like if today I would not be able to keep up with them either, but it was just a really neat um, opportunity for that, for me in that moment to be able to spend that day with them. So that's kind of a thing that I keep um, in the back of my head as motivation. And then finally, it's a way that we can love ourselves and that we can honor our own self-worth to say, I'm worth it to take time to care for myself. I love to say that self-care is not selfish it's necessary. Like I said, if we're going to serve other people in love and if we're going to value ourselves in the person that God has made us to be, then then we need to take care of the body that he's given to us and honor that. It, it is God's holy temple where he lives, right? We wouldn't go and, and deface a church or, you know, vandalize it, but yet we, we kind of treat our bodies that way sometimes. And I think we should um, 
elevate and honor ourselves better, not in a proud or selfish way, but just in a way to say, I'm a creation of God and I, I'm worth taking care of. So in um, the book, I have a whole chapter on the body and there's five main sections that that's broken down into, which is motivation to take care of ourselves. We kind of hit on that already. Fuel, which is what we're going to talk about today, the food. Sweat, which you don't really have to sweat, but it's just moving your body and, you know, getting out there and doing some physical things. Recover, rest, and downtime is super important. It's every bit as important as working and moving. And then to live, just to enjoy your life, to be able to do those things with people that you love and care about, like I mentioned. So today's little part of that, we're just like, there's that whole, all that stuff in the chapter, and we could say a lot about all of that. But today we're just going to focus on the fuel your body part which is to nourish deliberately, to hydrate frequently, and to cleanse regularly. And the, the only one we're going to really talk about today is to nourish deliberately, because um, all those others would, would take more time. So I have three, like I said, three simple keys. So number one is food is fuel. Um, so I want you to consider food as it was intended and not as what it has become. For me personally, it was very eye-opening the year that we lived in Korea. And um, we interacted with our friends there. And every every time they served food or said anything, it was, oh, this is good for this, or this is healthy for that. I, I was pregnant with one of my daughters at the time. And they were always like, oh, if, if you're pregnant, you have to eat this. It's great for the baby. And they really viewed food more as like as medicine. It was not, oh, this tastes good, or this reminds me of my childhood, or this is a comfort food. It was more along the lines of, I eat this because it has this health benefit. And that really changed the way that I think about food because I hadn't really seen it as, you know, a specific thing that I eat to help a specific thing in my body before then. So I, that has encouraged me to kind of think through why do I eat what I eat? And um, because I wasn't raised in that culture and with that mindset, it's harder for me to think that way. So I don't necessarily, you know, think, oh, I'm going to eat this because it helps this thing in my body. I'm like, I want those French fries because they, I know they taste good. Or I want to eat popcorn because somebody's cooked it and it smells good and I can't walk past the smell of popcorn without eating it. These kinds of things. So I think examining why we eat what we eat is very helpful to consider um, wh why are we putting those things into our body and what is the result of those things that we put into our body. Um, you can think about fuel for a car is very important and what type you put in there is very important. We have a, one of our cars is a diesel car and you have to be very careful to always grab the green handled uh, gas filler at the at the gas station. Because if you put the wrong kind of fuel, you'll you'll burn up the engine. And our, our bodies are similar. We They need the right kind of fuel, um, but it's not as extreme or as quick as if I put regular gasoline in a diesel engine, you know, that I wouldn't get very far with that. But our bodies are remarkably, they can recover from so much. Just the way God has made us is really fascinating. So we can drag on a lot longer with feeding ourselves fuel that's not really fuel, not good for us. A lot of the things that are in the grocery stores and in the restaurants today really can't be considered true food. It's They're more chemicals and things, um, but they taste good. And we're, we get uh, addicted to them because that's the people who sell the food want us to be. Um, so it's really hard to break that habit. So here are some questions that we can ask ourselves when we're eating is, wh what am I eating? You know, what kind of 
food? Is it because it's fast? Is it junk food that tastes great? Is it real food, whole food? And why am I eating it? Is it because um, that's what I'm craving? Am I actually even hungry? Or is it like an emotional thing of, oh, I'm upset. I'm just going to eat some chocolate ice cream. Because guilty. I do that. Um, when are we eating? Uh, I don't know if you've ever just caught yourself just kind of mindlessly eating because you're bored and there happens to be food there in front of you. And then I go, why am I even eating this? I'm not even that hungry. I'm totally guilty of this at Mexican restaurants where you just sit there and you just eat chips just because they're there and they keep bringing them to you. And then I'm like, oh, I'm full now. I don't have room for my lunch. And uh, that's that's one of those cases of mindless eating. I'm not necessarily eating because I'm hungry. I'm eating because there's chips in front of me. And then where do we eat? You know, is it on the go? Is it sitting at our desk? I'm very guilty of that one. I don't take a lunch break. I just keep working and I shove some food in my mouth while I'm while I'm doing things. Um, or do we sit down and actually have a meal and eat slow and enjoy what we are eating and putting into our body? That's a hard one for me because I'm always busy and gone on the go and I just want to grab something quick. Um, and then some other things that we can ask ourselves is how do we support ourselves in making those healthy choices? I know for me, I do much better when I make the decision at the grocery store not to bring that thing home. If I bring a thing home and I'm like, oh, I'll just have a little bit or I'll just snack on it here and there, just a little treat, that never goes well because you have one and then I want another and then another. And so it's easier to make those decisions at the store and not in our homes. Um, that, that works for me anyway. I don't, maybe you have a, a different technique there and you can share that with us. But also, it helps to look at our triggers, you know, what causes us to eat. Um, sometimes we do have an emotional thing that happens and we just want cookies. I talk about that in my book of where I had a, a panic attack in the middle of Walmart and I just started shoving cookies in my mouth and I, I felt better on the way home. And I realized that's not a good way to deal with anxiety. And that's where a lot of the material that's in the anxiety chapter came from is because I was trying not to eat the cookies when I was feeling anxious. And then also, how can we simplify it? Uh, for me, like I said, that's a, a big thing is I, I don't like to cook and I don't like to spend a lot of time working on food in the kitchen. I have other things that are more fun and, and I consider more important that I want to work on those things. So I'll tend to just grab a protein bar or something that's quick and easy. Um, but there are ways to simplify it. If you prep some things ahead or um, I have gone through periods where I did a lot of batch cooking, uh, or not even cooking, really. It was more raw foods. It was more um, getting smoothies ready and salads ready to eat for the whole week for breakfast and lunch. Um, so what things can you do ahead? And um, I have a lot more success when I'm more on the ball with that. And then other people. How can other people help you? If maybe you have a buddy that's doing the same thing with you, or maybe you have a guide or somebody that you're following, somebody who's been successful that you want to um, go along the plan of what whatever they've done in their lives, or maybe you need someone to just be accountable to that can can help you when you go, ah, you know, I, I messed up. Or sometimes if you know you have to tell somebody else what you've been doing, then it helps you make the choices that you really want to make anyway. So um, these are just some good tips and tools as we think about using food as fuel and not as a comfort or as um, something just to satisfy our taste buds. These kinds of questions that we ask ourselves really help. And uh, if you want to take some time and actually sit down and work through those and think about those, that would be great. So um, I have found a lot of success when I actually track my food and what I'm 
taking in and what effect that has. And when we can link certain foods to certain results, then if we don't like those results, we can change them. Uh, I know, you know, several people who are like, oh, I just, I can't have chocolate or I can't have dairy or um, tomatoes or whatever. Um, if you have a sensitivity to a certain food and you know that food makes you feel yucky when you eat it, then it's not tempting to eat it. I think where we run into problems sometimes is when we don't know which food is messing us up. And um, I went through a period where I was trying to work through the autoimmune disorder that I have that I, I tracked everything in a notebook. I wrote down everything that I ate. I, I wrote down my, you know, how much sleep I got because that really affects our digestion and stuff. Um, different results that you get from that, like what's your resting heart rate? That's an indication of health. Um, some people may be tracking their blood sugar or their blood pressure or, you know, wh wherever is a, a, a key point for you to keep track of. So obviously you don't want to keep track of everything because that gets overwhelming. Um, but I have noticed that just writing things down is a good accountability thing. I caught myself when I was taking a log of everything that I was eating, that sometimes just knowing that I was going to have to write it down next would keep me from eating it either because I was too lazy. I'm like, oh, I don't want to write something down. I'm not really that hungry. So I just wouldn't grab a snack. Or I'd be like, I don't want to write down that I ate six cookies, you know, that even though I wasn't showing the notebook to anybody, just I didn't want to write it down. So um, I, that would hold me back. So even just being accountable to ourselves or to our notebook, a private notebook that nobody sees or an app, there's apps that do this for you. Um, sometimes even just that is helpful just to think about it, just to be deliberate about what food and drink I'm putting in my mouth and why and what's the result. And if I don't like that result, then I can change what I'm putting in. All right. So that was point one is food is fuel. My point two is calories are currency. And so what I mean by that, it was very helpful to me when I realized that the same problem, so to speak, that I have with money is what I have with calories. You can't spend more than you earn and you can't eat more than you burn. Um, that's how I like to, to think of that. It's, both of them have kind of a budget. Like I, I can't write more checks than what I have in my bank account. And we can't eat more, consume more food than we are active enough to, to burn off, to use up. Um, because the food is fuel for our bodies to do what we do. And if we aren't doing enough stuff to burn off all the things that we're eating, then it just gets stored as extra. Your body's like, hey, I'm going to hang on to this for someday when there's a famine. And that's how we wind up with extra fluffiness around. Um, but not all calories are created equal. And this is very important. This was a big thing for me to learn. You may have heard of this equation of you know, however many calories you consume minus the number of calories you burn is your plus or minus your weight gain, you know, like how much fat there is on your body. And that sounds very simple. And so we try to balance that equation by either cutting down drastically the calories that we consume or upping the amount of calories we burn. And I have found both of those to be ineffective. Um, what winds up happening, and that's a whole other topic, but it kind of messes up your hormones and other things like your body's um, center of where it wants to be stabilized. And I've, I've gone off track on both of those ends. And actually, it's the type of calorie is more important than the number of calories. So let's talk about some of the things that matter more than calories. Um, volume is a big one. 
how much space does that take up? So you think of a hundred calories of say spinach, you know, is going to be <laughs> this huge salad, but a hundred calories of a chocolate bar, you know, is going to be a little tiny nibble, which one's going to fill you up more. So just the volume of what you consume matters. And that is related also to water content. So the more water, the thing, the food has in it, the more space it's going to take up and the healthier it is for your body. You need lots of water too anyway. So it helps you in two ways. Also, even temperature can be a factor. You know, sometimes you eat a, a really warm soup and even though it's a lot of liquid, it really fills you up because it's, it's warm. Then there's also nutrients like minerals and vitamins. So you take the same number of calories of a Twinkie and an apple, you know, which one is going to give you more vitamins and minerals? Obviously the apple. And those are things that our body needs. The reason why we tend to overeat on lousy food is because it doesn't satisfy what our body needs. We put that in our mouth and we swallow it and we digest it and our body goes, yep, I'm still missing the, the vitamins and the nutrition that I need to do my job. And so we want to grab more or we want to grab another. When we eat the food that actually satisfies what our body needs to do its job well, then we get full faster and we stay full and we don't have those cravings as much. Now, again, I know that's really easy to say. It's hard to do and I struggle with it too and I'm not perfect, but that's where grace comes in. Um, another factor that I recently learned about that was very helpful to me is macros. So there's, you know, micronutrients are, are like the vitamins and the minerals and stuff. You just need a little tiny bit. Macros are kind of bigger classifications of food which is basically proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. And we need all three. You don't need the same amount of all three. And there's lots of equations and various ways that that can play, play into factor, depending on how much you work out and, you know, is your goal to lose weight or to build muscle or whatever. You need different ratios of these things. Um, but in general, in American diet, on average, we tend to not eat enough protein. We tend to overload the carbs. And we tend to eat the wrong kinds of fat. So we need fat. It's, it's important in our eyes and our brain and all kinds of stuff. But um, we don't need the fat that's in like baked goods or fried foods. <laughs> we need the kind of fat that's in olives and avocados and nuts and things like that. And we only need a tiny bit. So um, that's really important. I've discovered that eating more protein helps me stay fuller longer. If I have a breakfast that even say it's a healthy breakfast of just oatmeal, that doesn't stick with me as long as if I have eggs or even a protein shake in my smoothie or something else that goes with it. That just keeps me full longer and I can go through most of the day and not even feel hungry. I just drink water. All right. And then finally, the other thing that matters more than calories is chemicals. Um, and there's so many things out there where they're like, oh, this has no sugar or less sugar. Well, you know what it has in it to compensate for that sugar is something that's even worse. Um, I don't ever buy low sugar things because it's got chemicals that are worse for you than sugar. Your body knows how to digest sugar. We just eat too much of it. But there's other things where our body's like, I don't know what to do with this. This doesn't even, <laughs> you know, this isn't even supposed to be something that I'm consuming. So we need to watch those out. So guess what, which foods have the most of all these good things and the least of all these bad things. I bet you probably already know. If you guessed fruits and vegetables, you're right. So the the biggest key to eating healthier is to eat more fruits and vegetables and finding creative ways to do that in ways that you enjoy and ways that are easy for your life. And um, I have a whole bunch of ideas and things I've tried here um, also 
that that could be a whole separate talk. And I, I'm going to include that in, in the course that I produce later. But um, a big thing for me is, is making smoothies. You can throw all kinds of stuff into a smoothie and it tastes good. It's easy to, to chug it down fast. Um, salads are great. I, I actually love them, but it takes so long to chew them <laughs> sometimes that gets uh, tiring. Like my jaw gets tired of it. But uh, a smoothie I can just have on the go. I can set it at my desk and I can um, still consume all those. So there's a, a bunch of other ideas and ways. Um, the Asian ways of cooking vegetables are generally better and healthier and tastier than our typical American ways of frying things. Um, so you may want to keep that in mind. So those were the first two points where food is fuel and calories are currency. And my third point, this is the final point, the, the third simple step, is that God made food for us. He made it for us to enjoy. Um, we, the closer something is to the way God originally created it in general, the better it is for us. So eat the whole thing. Um, one of the reasons sugar is really bad for us is because they extract the sweet part out of either the sugar cane or the sugar beet, but they leave behind all the fiber and all the rest of it. If you eat just a, a raw piece of sugar cane, there's actually, and I can't remember the name for them, but there's substances in there that helps your body digest that sugar without it spiking your blood sugar. It's like God created that plant in such a way that if you eat the whole thing, they balance each other out. But what we do is we extract part of it, the worst part of it, and leave the good stuff. And so then we're just left with this white sugar that's been treated with all these chemicals. And then we eat too much of it. And then it's, it's bad that way. We've taken something that God created that was good and we've destroyed it and mutated it. Um, with like, say, olive oil, you know, it's better just to eat the whole olive. You know, it's better to eat the whole avocado. Um, anything that you can eat in its whole form is better. An orange is better than orange juice because it has the fiber in it. So um, there's all kinds of things where the closer you, you eat it to the way it was intended to be eaten, the better. Now, I, I do know some people who are like very into a raw food diet. I, I'm not that much. But the more that we can kind of lean towards that way or not overprocess it or not overcook it, you know, the more we can lean there, the better. Um, also, another big thing that is important is to read the, the labels and not the front of the label where it says, you know, this is healthy or it has a green sticker on it that implies something or it says reduced fat or low sugar or all natural. The, ignore all of that stuff. Flip it over and read the back. And if it's a huge list of chemicals that you don't recognize, then it's probably not good for you. If it's a short list of things that, oh, this actually sounds like food, then that's probably something that is good for you. So if you can find the foods in the grocery store that have the least number of ingredients, that's generally going to be better for you. And I already mentioned that, you know, the problems with low sugar and low fat and things like that, they, they often have worse things for you in there. And, um, you know, I, some th things will say like all natural or whatever. Well, people's definition of natural, people's definition of organic, of cage-free, free range eggs, you know, all these things, some of them are very strange definitions. If you get into what that actually means, the bird's not actually not in a cage. The bird can just see grass, you know, or something like that. So um, just be informed and read those things carefully and try to avoid as many chemicals as possible and stick to the foods. One of the best food advice tips that I ever heard was buy food that spoils, 
and then eat it before it does. And that just sounds so simple. And it's like, well, of course. Now, in our busy lives and, you know, we don't usually, most of us don't grow our own food or go to the grocery store every day. Um, it's hard to necessarily do that. A lot of times I will I will buy healthy food and then I forget about it and it rots in the fridge and then it just goes to the compost bin <laughs> or, you know, various things like this. Or I, like I say, I'm in a hurry and I just grab something that's shelf stable instead of something that's fresh. But um, the more we can do that, the better off we are. And um, then also, I mean, there is the option of grow your own. I'm working on that. I have kind of a black thumb. My approach to gardening is very Darwinian. It's very much survival of the fittest and the plants really have to have a strong will to live to survive me, but I'm working on it. <laughs> and um, I, I actually have plans to, to start some seeds here soon and start growing a garden. So I'll keep you um, in the loop on that. I'll let you know how that goes. But um, so far in my life, I've had more failures than successes with gardening, but um, for now, I will stick to buying things in the grocery store. So I want to reiterate that because God made food and he made it for us and he knows what our body needs, no real food is bad. Now, chemicals can be bad for us, but a real food is not bad. And I tend to shy away from um, advice that encourages us to eliminate an entire thing of food. You know, some things will say, get rid of anything with wheat in it or get rid of anything. What I heard was get rid of anything white, you know, no white rice, no white bread, no white milk. Uh, take out all the meat or take out all the vegetables and only eat the meat. Those seem a little bit drastic to me and I've never been successful at them. Now, some people are very successful on them. And if that works for you, then please do that. And also there's the case where some people have an allergy or a sensitivity to a certain thing and they do need to eliminate that thing from their diet. But I, what I'm talking about here is more, I struggle with with guilt of, oh no, I'm eating this thing and you know that's on somebody's no-no list. But then over here on this other list, that, that thing is good, but this other thing is bad. And I get all wrapped around the axle on which thing am I actually supposed to be avoiding? Um, so I would say, if you know for sure that your body does not handle a certain something, then by all means avoid it. But if you, if you don't have that knowledge, then there's no reason to feel guilty or upset about the things that you are eating. It's just to pay attention to what we eat and why. So just a quick review um, of our three main points to simple ways to eat healthier is food is, food is fuel. So eat on purpose, eat with intention. What are you eating and why? And then calories are currency. So consume them wisely, just like you would spend wisely we need to consume our calories wisely and make choices about which calories are full of good stuff and which calories are just empty calories that our body's gonna want more and more of. And then finally, God made food for us as a gift. So we should enjoy it. Eating should be fun. It shouldn't be a stressful thing um, where we're busy counting all the calories or keeping track of all the stuff and it's, it's no longer fun. I went through a period where I was on a very restrictive diet for just a, a couple of months. It was meant to be short term. It was under the advice of a doctor to try to help me with some health issues that I was having. Uh, but there was like literally 12 foods that I was allowed to eat that I also thought tasted good. And after a while, it just got to the point where eating wasn't fun anymore. I just didn't, I didn't want to eat at all. And, um, you know, we still were going to social events. My, my husband was in the military still at the time. And so we would pay $30 for a dinner and go out to have it. And all I could eat was the green beans. <laughs> and it just, it like dampened social interactions. It 
I didn't enjoy eating. I didn't enjoy being around other people while they were eating. And I, I just don't think that that's what God intends for us to do. I think he wants us to be together and to share good food together. He describes heaven as a wedding feast. You know, everybody come to the feast, come to the table. So I, I feel like that's more in line with what God wants us to do. So we should enjoy the food that we eat, but but be smart about what we're enjoying. I hope that makes sense. All right. I know I said I only had three tips, but I've got a quick bonus one, which like I said, could be its own separate talk. But um, my son who's in the Marine Corps has a water bottle that says hydrate or die. And I like, it's kind of blunt, but I mean, it's true. Water is so, so critical to everything that happens in our body. Every cell in our body depends on a lot of water. And by and large, most of us are probably more dehydrated than we realize. By the time you feel thirsty, you're already dehydrated. And um, just if, if the only thing that you change in your life is drinking more water, it will have positive effects on everything. It just, it helps your body do everything it's supposed to do so much better. It's like having a machine, you know, where, where things are well oiled and working together versus something where it doesn't have the oil and the, the gears are grinding and stuff like that. Um, also, I heard, or I read somewhere one time that our bodies can't tell the difference between the cues for thirst and hunger. And we just tend to assume we're hungry. And so I, I read the advice of, if you're feeling hungry and you want a snack mid after, you know, if it's not a meal time, but you're feeling hungry to have a big glass of water first, and then that may satisfy your craving. And then if you're still hungry after that, then it's like, okay, maybe your body really does need some food. Um, you should listen to it. And I've been amazed at how much that works. There's times where I'm like, oh, I really want a snack. But if I just drink a big old glass of water, then I'm like, oh, that's actually what my body needed. My body needed water more than it needed food. So try that and let me know what you think if that works for you as well. So at the end of all this, what do you think? You know, are you more craving the junk food and the fries and the cheeseburgers or does, you know, eating more whole fruits and vegetables sound good to you? And here's something very fascinating that I've noticed is I crave more of whatever it is I'm consuming. So when I eat junk food, I want more junk food. When I'm actually deliberately making choices and eating more fruits and vegetables, I actually want more fruits and vegetables. And they also taste better. We, we're so inundated with all these chemicals and non-food food things that it, it messes up our sense of taste. And when we can get away from that and when you just eat real food, it actually tastes so much better. It, it's so much better than, than the sugary stuff and the chemical stuff. It's just getting into that routine is, is sometimes difficult when we've been making other choices for so long. So I have several um, free uh, resources, worksheets and things that you can use that are on my website. If you go to elizabethmyers.me slash printables, um, you can go there. There's a, a 30 days of self-care tracker and it has little boxes for, you know, like a month's worth. And that's where you can keep track of whatever it is you want to keep track of. Uh, what you ate or what you drank or um, your exercise, your weight, your sleep, um, your mood that day, you know, whatever that you want to keep track of, you can journal it in there. And then that, that way you can kind of take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And then um, there's a stand strong fitness plan in there, which kind of summarizes the whole chapter on the body. It has all the stuff. And there's a, um, a strong body cheat sheet that kind of goes through those five things and, and you can fill it out and ask some questions and answer some questions and think about um, some of these topics. 
So um, just as a review, those, those five topics are to motivate, to know your why, to fuel, which is what we've talked about today, to exercise, move your body in a way that works for you, to make sure that you have rest and downtime and recovery, and then to make sure that you're enjoying your life and enjoy your body and all the amazing things it can do in this gift that God has given you. So again, this is all part of my resilience boot camp, which I'm in the process of refining and nailing down the details right now. It's going to be like an eight-week program with videos similar to this and some worksheets and coaching and stuff like that. And I'm still tweaking um, what exactly is going to be included in there and how much it will cost and those sorts of things. But if you're interested, you can go to elizabethmyers.me slash bootcamp, and there's this thing where you pop in your email. And then that way I'll be able to reach out to you when it's ready and, and let you know all the details on it so you can decide if that's something that you're interested in. So thanks so much for listening. Um, I've enjoyed sharing this with you today. It's great reminders for me. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm remotivated and re-energized to get back on, on the healthy train because I admit I have fallen off <laughs> recently. And so I'm going to work on that. And um, let me know if you have any thoughts or ideas or other questions about any of this. You can email me at hi at elizabethmyers.me and let me know what you think about it. And I would love to chat more with you. So thanks. Take care and have a great day.